Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And welcome back. It's been a long time. We should not have left you. Welcome back to the Atlanta Sports Manifesto. This is your host sitting in the big chair, Michael Mulborn. And today we have a special guest. Like I always say, my ace, my day one uh, the guy I've been talking sports with since I was 14 years old, I think. 13, 14 years old. I got I Will say, on I the line. 13. You're 13. 13. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. 13. There you go. How you doing, man? I'm well, brother. I'm well, but how are you, man? How you been, dog? Been good, man. Been good. Been busy. Um, But, you know, like you, like everybody knows or not knows, but like most people will say busy is good. And I really don't have anything to complain about. So. Hey, let's do it. Hey, hey, uh, I hear you, brother. Uh, things can always be worse in this crazy world we live in, man. man. So I'm glad to hear that. Tell me about it, man. Tell me about it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. All right, brother. Hey, man, we have had a lot of sports happen. We've had uh, yeah. not a lot of time to talk about these sports things. So, sir, where would you like to start? Man, I mean, like I said, it's been a while since we talk these sports. Um, so it's a lot to get caught up on, man. You know, um, in this city, Atlanta, that we're in, man, you know, we just, um, you know, watched the um, the Braves get knocked out in the playoffs uh, a mm-hmm. couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're right, right smack dab in the middle of the NFL season, and the Falcons are doing Falcon things. Yes, uh, um, <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> well, well, and uh, go ahead. They're doing something that's non-Falcon like that we will address when we talk Falcons. <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. The, the, the jury's out on that, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see. And then, uh, you know, it's a new season for the Atlanta Hawks. Um, you know, I think they were the one or two now. They won tonight. Um, yes. uh, I think DeJounte dropped 41 on them. Yes. So, you know, um, I'm interested to see just how this team plays under um, new coach now that he's been there for, you know, mid season. Had a whole off season, kind of get his team, his coaches in there, right? And then um, we're going to see what what he has, man. So we're kind of looking forward to it, right? A full season of Quinn, and we'll see exactly what we can do. Okay, so let's start with the Braves, right? And I was saying something like this uh, not too long ago, and I want to get your opinion on it. Like you are one of the, like you're probably the my go-to person for baseball you know you're you're you you played it um you you love it you've watched it your whole life and you know like not just some of the the main stuff like i know or your main or you know somebody else who watch sports would know but you know some of the 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 crux of it you you know some of the inside baseball stuff so i Mm -hmm. definitely want to go to you and ask you some of these questions so one of the main things that i have seen or one of the main things that I have to ask about is this new playoff system. And we've seen it implemented for, I believe two years now, two seasons now um, where they've expanded it to six teams. And 
it's kind of wonky how they do a first round, second round, third round. Uh, you know, the first round I, I believe is the best of uh, th- best of three, right? Yeah, best yeah, of three. Yeah, best of three. Second is best of five, and then after that, when you get into the league series, that's when you get to the uh, best of seven, and of course, World Series is best of seven. How right. do you feel about this? Do you think that this is a good idea? We've seen the top seeds go out, I believe, for two years in a row. We've seen top seeds on both sides go out early. I was about to say, not just you know, on National League, but the American League, too. Exactly. Um, do you think that they need to reseed after they do that first round? Or do we just need to you know, cancel it all and come up with something new? That's a good question, man. I don't know if there's an easy answer to that. Um, just in the, the crux of the person who I am, man, I am a person who I believe, um, you know, suit up and play. No matter what the parameters are, suit up and play, best man wins, right? That's that's me. That's who I am. At the same time, you can't not notice that teams who have battled 162 games and have 100 wins under their belt are going home early. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they get the, the first round by between the last game of the season and, you know, if you want to count the days before that where they're probably resting a lot of their starters, you know, a lot of these guys haven't played in six to eight days. Mm-hmm. And when they come back in that bye, they, you know, they, they got to start up again and they only have a five-game series to play. Right there, that's probably one thing I would change. I would make the divisional round a seven-game series. I think that's more of a baseball thing. I think, like, baseball series, you know, once we reach the divisional round, uh, American League National Championships World Series, they should all be seven games. I think it's just how baseball should be played for best of seven. Best of five, it's just, it's just too many weird things can happen. Now, not only the best teams will win, you know, and like I said, the Orioles went home. Um, the Braves went home. The Dodgers went home. Uh, all these teams had 100 wins were the best teams all year long. Right. And they all went home pretty quick. Um, you know, so – only team that really had any, any real success that was uh, one of the top four teams was the Astros. Uh, and they got knocked out by the Rangers, who I personally thought was coming out the West um, midseason because, like the Braves, they had similar uh, offense. Like, their bats are just ridiculous. And unlike the Braves, their bats did not fall asleep in the, in the, most, in the moments where it meant the most. Mm-hmm. So I'm not surprised that the Rangers are in the World Series. I am surprised that the Arizona Diamondbacks are in the World Series. Um, they kind of remind me of the Braves of 2021, where like you know they kind of snuck in there late, um, and they kind of got hot at the right time. I think playoffs, period, no matter what sport, if you're the hot team, you're hard to beat. Yeah, you're hard to beat. It's all about, and I think about you what you say all the time about it's that M word, it's momentum, right? If you momentum guys, is real. If you're hot. Man, momentum is so real. I, I, hope, I wish people would realize that. It's real going to a series. It's real in the middle of a series or a playoff. It's real going to the next round. Like, momentum is a real thing. It's, it's palpable. I believe players can feel it. I believe that's why players struggle and, you know, get ghost and get nervous because other teams' momentum is just overwhelming. And sometimes the players don't know they can do. Yep. And I felt like the Braves went to Philadelphia, man, and, like, they just – they got shell shot. They just they weren't ready for that stadium. They weren't ready for those fans. They weren't ready for the Phillies um, standing back in the face, not backing down, and just they just got pumped. And that, that's what I feel like, man. Like it's it's hard to say about my team. You know what I'm saying? Like if we lose, 
lose on your, go on your shield. You know, lose going out playing the way you played all year. But the, the managing was horrible. Like, <laughs> uh, the people were like, you know, who are baseball people like me, you know exactly what I'm talking about because Ryan Snicker and his moves. Um, game one, he changed the entire lineup. He shook the guys around for zero reason. Um, I guess based on what Philly was doing, but you don't make moves based on what other teams are doing. You always have teams make moves based on what you're doing. That's right. my philosophy on that. And uh, I think he messed that up, and we lost game one because of it, in my opinion. Uh, game two, we got lucky. Uh, came back and won that. I think, like, bomb in the ninth. Uh, ended up winning five to four. Things like uh, Travis Arnold, two and homer, and uh, Austin Riley with, like, a two and homer in the bomb in the eighth. And we held it down with a big catch from Michael Harris uh, Jr., uh, or the third, excuse me, um, in the top half of the bottom of the ninth, or top half, top half of the ninth, whatever it was, and we won that game five to four. So um, I was, I was, I felt good, but I was still scared. And I think, you know, being a Braves fan, um, knowing that we lost to the Phillies last year in, in the same round of the playoffs, uh, as a fan, I wanted the Phillies because I wanted my get back. I wanted my revenge. You know, that's, that's, that's how I'm built. Let's go, man to man, toe to toe. Let's do this again. I'm gonna get you next time. And I don't think my guys feel the same way about that I did. I think they were watching the Phillies during the middle to end of the year. They were seeing the Phillies get healthy. They saw a healthy Bryce Harper, who was coming off Tommy John surgery, starting to swing the bat like the MVP candidate he is. Uh, he saw an offense with uh, Trey Turner, and uh, a lot of guys, Kyle Swerver, was swinging the bat uh, really well. And I think that they, they did not want the smoke. They did not want the smoke. They were hoping that they get matched up with a different team, maybe the Diamondbacks. And when they got matched up with Philly, I just think they weren't ready for it. I just think they punked out. Simple as that. No one no one looked the same. Um, and one thing that, um, that should be realized, if people don't realize it already, is that postseason baseball is very different than regular season baseball. Right. It is Really different. It's the margins are smaller. Um, the microscope is much bigger, um, and so you got to be able to rise these occasions. Like, and that includes everybody. That's the manager. That's the, the star players. You have to show up on both ends. Our manager did not show up in game one, and game three he was also asleep at the wheel. Um, no, I had no problem with him starting Bryce Elder in that game. No problem at all. Um, but in the, in the third inning, after uh, you know, flawless two innings of work, which is great for him, um, you know, I think uh, Castanellos hit a home run. Braves were up, I want to say, maybe, let's see, I forgot what the score was, maybe one nothing or something. But uh, once he hit the home run, I think the game was tied at 1-1. Someone showed up in the bullpen. And Brian Snickard did nothing. He just sat there. Um, I think Elder got two more guys out. But then you got the heart of their line coming out, Swerver, Turner, and um, Bryce Harper. And there's no way in the world I'm letting uh, Bryce Elder, who's right smack in the middle of the lines, then pitching in Philly, that crowd going crazy, uh, runners on first and third, two outs. He's not pitching to Bryce Harper. He's not pitching to Bryce Harper, who was at that time the hottest hitter on the planet. It was the most predictable thing of all time knowing he's about to hit a home run. And, um, you know, I'm going to pick my son up for football practice. I'm in the car listening. And I just knew that, okay, Snickers will come out and get him any time. <laughs> and I'm going to pitch to Bryce freaking Harper. But, no, he let him do that. 
Uh, Bryce Harper threw an 89 mile an hour meatball right down the middle of the heart of the plate, and you can guess that the highest in the planet deposited <laughs> that 450 feet into the, the upper deck of the left hand bleachers, and right then leave one nothing with the four one. He still didn't go get him. Uh, two runners got on base before the manager thought about going to get that, that pitcher, and the game was lost. Like a lot, like I said, momentum. Once our momentum was lost in that game, we were down five, five runs. We were done. Yeah, yeah. Well said, sir. <laughs> well said. I've got nothing to add to it. Again, I, I think that um, the. I think that they should probably do something to change the the postseason just a bit, just because kind of like you said, after 162 games, it does seem like letting it come down to a three game series and even a five game series. is just it's not enough. It, it, it doesn't really showcase the absolute best. And I know I know that guys get time off and that's great, but um, I also know that it doesn't it doesn't really reflect um exactly what the team has been through so yes i think you make a very very great point there and um yeah i definitely think that something needs to be done about that because if not i think we'll see more of this and i don't think that that is i don't think that that was the the goal right like i don't think that that's what they were going for what they were going for was to try and make it a little bit more exciting but i don't think anybody's excited by it i think people are more annoyed by it than anything else. Yeah, I agree. Like, but you know, in the end, though, man, like you're on the field and you got to do what you do, do your job when you're on the field, right? Like, yeah, the same way the Phillies up for the Phillies are knocking your ball out the park and making big hits in clutch situations with runners in scoring position. You can do the same. You know what I'm saying? You just got to not be scared of the moment. I felt our guys were scared of the moment, and I wasn't happy at all with the way they played. Uh, only people that really showed up was uh, Austin Riley and. Uh, uh, Strider, and that that's really it, man. Um, and, you know, our, our pitching staff for the second year in a row, man, is, you know, going to the playoffs, dealt with some injuries, some key injuries, uh, you know, um, Max Freed again, um, you know, the slim guy to begin with. He was uh, dealing with a finger or hand issue. Uh, he got sick, I think, mean, last year, right before the playoffs. Um, you know, so we lost Charlie Morton. Um, going into the playoffs in the regular season, who's our number three starter, who who would have started for Bryce Elder in that big game three. Um, and then, you know, we lost some other guys um, who were scheduled to come back. Uh, but they, they, they're now on IR. I can't think of their names right now. I'm so um, distraught by it. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, so hopefully I think Double um, A, that's our general manager, um, as Anthopolis can go ahead and find some pitching, some starter pitching, and um, you know maybe another bat in left field. Uh, you know somebody with some speed, some defensive range out there in left field who can also hit. So we got a job to do, man. Like I said, I think, man, I want my I want, I want my team to come back, man. Like you remember, like LeBron, that 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 that, that gift of LeBron right before he played Boston in that Game Seven oh. years ago for the Heat, man. We had those eyes and determination. Yes. That's how my team to play for the, for the whole next season, man, because no matter what's going to happen, Braves can go 140 and 22, or 20, 24, whatever, and it will not matter. Right. Because everybody's going to say, okay, what are you guys going to do come playoff time? Right. You choke again? It's, right. like, it's like the Buffalo Bills thing all of a sudden came back. <laughs> you know right. What I'm like the, the, or just 
the 90s Braves. It doesn't even have to go to Buffalo. It's just 90s Braves. That that kind of came please. back, too. So I, I was trying to avoid saying that. <laughs> but, uh, so I thought about Buffalo. I didn't, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> uh, all right. So, okay. So we talked about the, the, the season that has passed us. Let's talk about the season that we're right in the thick of right now. And, um, yeah, I know we both have things to say. We both have opinions. Um, I will let you have the floor first, and we'll see if we agree on any, and then we'll see if we disagree on any. So, sir, the floor is yours. What would you like to say about your hometown Atlanta Falcons? I don't know where to get started at. I really don't because it's so much. There's so much, right? Like, we're going through this death and rid of stuff. And, you know, this uh, possible Taylor Heine, he could start next next week. We don't know. We'll probably find out tomorrow, Wednesday, before practice. And the more I see and think about it, I'm like, why are we going through this in the first place? That, that's, that's, that's my real – like, why are we doing this? Like, why do we have back-to-back years of Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter? I want Falcons fans to know, like, that did not have to happen. No. At all. It, really it did didn't. not have to happen. So why are we going why are we why are we are not addressing the most important position on the football field? Like what are we doing? I, I do not understand. And I blame Arthur Smith, mm-hmm. who week by week I am getting less impressed by. And week by week I'm getting more annoyed by. And it's not just his coaching, but it's just his arrogance and his yeah. ego. Yeah. Uh, um, his arrogance ego is out. It's off the charts. It, it really is. is. Off I the charts. I, I can't. I can't believe it. someone who's accomplished so little in NFL. He has the ego of ego of a five-time Super Bowl winning coach. So you can't tell him a thing. I mean, and, he walks around like Belichick, and it's unbelievable. Like you say, who's accomplished so little? I've accomplished nothing. Like, <laughs> I mean, what have you done to be so damn arrogant? And yeah, like just the way he walks around, the smugness, the way he he addresses the media and just and just and just everyday fans. It's like, dude, what? First of all, what is your problem? Like, why are he's, you so combative all the time? He's so unlikable. And it's yeah. crazy, right? Like, that's that's gotta be part of your coach. Like, you know, what I'm saying if you. This, this is a business, first and foremost, right? You land Falcons are a business. If you're in the business of having people come to your games, paying tickets, buying concessions, all that good stuff, man, you are a business. You need fans to come and support your product. Right now, his smugness, his arrogance is, is alienating the fans, at least the real fans. Right? Anybody just want to be seen, they'll be down there. But real fans want this team to do well and want a real plan in place, this does not bode well. And my question to him and to Terry Fontenot is, what is the damn plan? Because not addressing the quarterback position properly should not be part of the damn plan. You understand? Like, y'all should be flipping tables left and right trying to figure out the quarterback position. You know what I'm saying? Before last last offseason, during this past offseason, like, if you went this offseason and your town evaluation was, we're good with Desmond Ritter, people need to be fired. Because Desmond Ritter has proven every time he says the football field, he's not ready. He may never be ready. And he has no business starting for an NFL team. That's what I see. 
And I was one of those people that want to give him a shot. Like, okay, and I know he's basically he's a rookie, but you got to give him a legitimate shot, see what he can do, right? Mm-hmm. You got to give him a legitimate shot. But the thing about that is once you see, once you really evaluate and find out, okay, he has a real problem with uh, holding on to the ball, protecting the football. He has a real problem with pocket presence, right? Very underrated. Can he can he get away from can he bait the rush? There's no what to do. Does he not panic when the guys are around him? And can he throw the ball away when he needs to? If you watch last yesterday's game, um, the game we lost against the Tennessee Titans when he played maybe one of the worst first half. Besides the first half he played in against Jacksonville, London, um, it was horrible. I think it was seven yards passing, like 34 percent completion, maybe two or three complete passes, and five sacks. Five sacks he did not have to take. Like, just throw the ball away. Just get it out of your hand, please. Like, have you not been playing quarterback for the last eight years of your life, high school, college? What have you been doing? Are you not being coached up? What is going on? Like, why are we having these real conversations year three, year four of um, Arthur Smith's regime? This has been figured out years ago. Before you drafted Kyle Pitt, before you drafted Drake London, before you drafted B. John Robinson, Quarterbacks have been a point of emphasis. You and I have had this conversation before. While Matt Ryan was still your quarterback, you should have addressed quarterback then. We said this. It's not, it's not hindsight you and I are having. We said this three years ago. Get the quarterback in the future while Matt Ryan is still on the roster. Have Matt Ryan there. Have Matt Ryan support. Which Matt Ryan is a, is, a, is a good, upstanding person. He would have did that. You might not have enjoyed it, but he would have given the rookie some pointers. Whoever that would have been. And then you go ahead and ease a rookie in there. Same way that Kansas did with Pastor Mahomes and Alex Smith. That's the best way, right? Get quarterback straightened out. You not just it, – it baffles my mind that you thought we're going to draft a third-round quarterback and we're going to get away with this because it worked with Russell Wilson and Seattle. Crazy. Everything you just said, yes, all of that is true. So let's start. Let's start at the. Let, it's not the top, but it is the top. So let's start at the top, man. Okay. Um, Arthur Smith walks around here like he's Bill Belichick. He walks around here like he's Dabo Sweeney. He walks around here like he's Nick Saban. All three of these guys have been smug and arrogant and prickly and just real a holes. But mm-hmm. all three of those guys have rings to back it up. Some of them are way more accomplished than, well, really, two of them are way more accomplished than the, the other one. He kind of, you know, fell over into championships, and we see right now exactly what he can do uh, when he insults all his players, and we, we see that he can't really coach anybody. But that's another podcast for another day. Um, but this dude is walking around here like he's got the rings to prove it too. He's walking around wanting everybody to kiss the ring, but there's no ring for us to kiss. And that's the problem for me. That's always, well, no, I'm sorry. That hasn't always been the problem for me. Part of the problem for me, the main problem for me was that I saw nothing out of this offense. I didn't see anything that was creative. I didn't see anything that was inventive. I just saw a guy who likes to run the ball. And and whenever he got hired, the year of our Lord, what was it? 2019 2020 this right. is not how you win in professional football this is not I how believe you his win. offense is ranked on like 
29th or 30th, this something is, like that. This is not how you win in, in college football. If you go to a big enough um, city in high school, you can't win in high school like this it's, anymore. It's like watching Georgia Tech under Paul Johnson. Yes. And, That's and, what it's like. And, and you remember, for a minute, Georgia Tech under Paul Johnson had a lot of success. And then people they started did. seeing it. And then what happened? Georgia Tech under Paul Johnson was a laughing stock. Let me stop you right there. You got a, that's a great point. Once people start seeing it, what happens? Like, it's the same three or four plays. Uh, this little off tackle you run with Bijan. We've seen it, bro. And defense has seen it, too. They game plan while watching this film. And they know, I swear, man, with Desiree, that quarterback, they're not playing the pass. They're playing the run. Right. And so they are keying in on our run plays. Like, and you, this is a, there is a determinable difference from the first four games we ran the football. These last four or five games run the football. Like we're not running the football with the same success, and I think because defense is keyed in on what we do well and the type of formations we line up in, they know we're going to run the ball. They right. know we're going to run the ball, and so they're stopping it for you know our, our, our running backs get two or three yards, um, you know, some pass on scrimmage. I mean, it's it's so predictable, man. It's it's ridiculous, man. Like there's there's no creativity. There's there's nothing special about it. You know, all this offensive genius stuff that I heard before you got here, I don't see it. And then you got nerve enough to be smug and you don't even use the weapons that were drafted for you. <laughs> right. You, you don't use any of them. Right. You you you're inside the red zone doing a, a trick play with your backup tight end to your third string tight end. <laughs> Why the the generational talent you draft the fourth overall is blocking, man. I mean, dog. how many times? It, how dog. many times can I, I, I would have fired him yesterday, man? How many times can Kyle Pitts be your blocking tight end? Like, I, why? I, For who? For what? I don't understand. Like what? I mean, I what understand. sense does it make? And again, he walks around like you know what? I'm smarter than you all. Prove it, man. <laughs> Prove it because what you what you're not what what you look like right now is it looks like you're not smarter than my son playing Madden. My son can come with better plays on Madden than this. Like it doesn't look like you're smarter than anybody. And I know, oh well, you know, you 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 guys sit up here and your armchair guys and you don't really go down here, you can't get in the trenches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the same way you sit up here and try to criticize me. Is the same way I criticize you. Like some of us are good at it, and some of us are just close to it. We're just in proximity of it. Okay. And I got, I got, I got news for him. Like football's not rocket science. Like I, I can't, I can't tell you about quantum physics. Most of the population <laughs> on the planet can't tell you about quantum physics. But football, we can tell you what's going on because it's not that hard to figure out. It isn't. And what, what I saw yesterday is somebody whose offense is horrible, horrible. With a, the runner, the, the quarterback he's had back there, who he said is his guy, who he has gone to the season say he's the guy who gets to the playoffs. Remember, the Falcons instead of just doing the typical rebuild like most teams do when they're tearing it all down and they're in salary cap hell, they decide they want to win now. Also, you can't do both. You can't win now and rebuild. There's you can't no, do it. There is no way to do that. There's no way to do that. What you going to do? Impossible. You're gonna be that team right there in the middle. We call that middle purgatory, where you're seven and ten, uh, seven and ten, six and nine, whatever it is, the number six and eleven, whatever it is nowadays, at a game, and 
you're going to have draft picks that are just outside of where you need to be. Right. And that's exactly what's happened in the last three or four years. Now, you were there the first year when you got the Kyle Pitts. Now, you and I got questions for Terry Fontenot. I got real questions for Terry Fontenot. Like, one, are you all on the same page? Are you the GM? Are you making decisions? Or is, or is he making these decisions? Because I got to find out because your job is on the line too, sir. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Because I don't have a quarterback. And I, I'm, 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 I'm so tired of having to explain to people who should know better how important quarterback really is. It's ridiculous. You know what this is like? You know what this is like? And, and hell yeah, his job is online. You know why? Because you're rebuilding a car. So you got the body, you got the tires, you got, you know, you got the rims, but you don't have an engine. So you can every year you're like, oh, I'm going to get I'm going to get these 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 white walls. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you know what? I'm going to get this real nice body. I found it and and I'm going to restore it. Oh, I'm going to get this. But we don't have no engine. So it don't matter. It does not matter. matter. You drafted Drake London. Right. You drafted Kyle Pitts. You drafted B. John Robinson. Right. But they don't have nobody that can get them the ball. So it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. The car looks real good sitting in the driveway. It looks it? excellent sitting in the driveway, but it don't matter because it can't put it on the road because every time <laughs> you try, it breaks down again. And then we're Ridiculous. a whole year. Ba- I mean, really, we're 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 at the same point. We're at the same starting line again. We're going to start off next year doing the same thing. The same exact thing because you and I said this three years ago. Address the quarterback position while Matt Ryan is still here. Address it while he's still here. So what if his feelings get hurt? He's got paid over $200 million. Right. Big boy, let him deal with it. That's what the money's for. That's what the money's for. You paid him well, really, really well, and he's going to be great out after football. He's good. Right. You ain't worry about Matt Ryan. Right. He's going to be fine. Get the feature now. That's what you do. If you're, if you're a real GM, like, if you're worth your salt and gold, you go find the quarterback and stop playing around. Stop playing around. Because now, what do you do now? Okay, let's say, all right, Taylor Heineke comes in this week, right? Mm-hmm. What is it going to be, week, week nine? Uh, what yes. happens if Taylor mm-hmm. Heineke falls flat on his face in week nine? Do we go back to Desmond Ritter? What happens then? Because well, then, then we realize that we have zero quarterback on the roster. Right. Right? Right. And then – Art Smith looks really dumb because now you're stuck. Now there's nowhere to go. And Terry Fontenot looks real dumb because you drafted all these ancillary parts and you failed to address the most important part, which is quarterback. Yep. So what did you do then? And Arthur Blank is looking at him like, y'all better figure it out. Right, right. Well, I know see, that much. I... And the fans are like, why am I going to go to your game? Why, why am I wasting my time investing in you when I already know that that guy's not it, and the other guy's not it. It's a total waste of time. You can't rebuild and win now at the same time. You're just going to spin your wheels. It makes zero sense. Zero sense whatsoever. See, now, at this point, if Taylor Heineke falls flat on his face, then I'm not one of these people who's who's like, oh, no, oh, I, I just, oh, I don't want people to lose their job. I don't want people to get fired. Man, people get fired all the time. Like, all the time. Ain't nobody, you know what I'm saying, like, unless it's 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 very dire, 
No one has lost their life by getting fired, not by getting fired. Now, have people lost their lives because people have gotten fired? Sure. But no one loses their life just by getting fired. And also, guess what? What did I just say? That's what the money is for. These guys are well paid, brother. They are, they well are paid. good. They don't need us to sit up here and be like, I don't want them to lose their job. I do. If they can't do the job, I want them to lose the job. And here's the thing about Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith's daddy is a billionaire. Yes. Right? Let, let, let's have this conversation. That man is a billionaire with a B, six times over. That is Fred Smith, founder of FedEx. <laughs> that sounds funny. It's coming out of my mouth. His dad founded FedEx. Right. Literally, the man has had nothing to worry about his entire life. Nothing. Not a thing. And so this whole football thing might just be a hobby to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know how they say folks to do side missions in life? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, this might be a side mission for him. So he's good. Anytime he go work for his dad or get broken up or, or no, 100 mil or whatever, he's driving the sunset. He's good. Yeah. So to me, that's part of the reason why he walks around so smug because literally – what, what can you do to him? Right. He, 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 he's a billionaire in a way. As soon as his dad croaks, the man's a billionaire. Right. And y'all gave him a cushy job being a, a head football coach, knowing that that pays way more than it should. So, again. And the thing is, like, what, what was that, office coordinator maybe a year or two max? Maybe? I think it was just a year. I think they said this yesterday. He was just offense coordinator for one year. Like, literally, Eric Benjamin was a head uh, office coordinator for like 10 years in Kansas City. To find a job, but this cat <laughs> gets after one year for the Tennessee Titans. Amen. And basically, I can tell you to hand the ball to Derrick Henry. It doesn't take, <laughs> take a rocket side to figure that up. Figure that out, especially when you don't Derrick have Henry. very many other options. Right. And it's, it's it's ridiculous, man. Because Kyle Pitts does not get used correctly. Drake London does not get used correctly. Nope. And B. John Robinson is starting to try the same thing. He is not getting used correctly. I just watched the Detroit Lions uh, destroy the Raiders on TV, and Jameer Gibbs was given the ball like 26, 28 times. Right. Inside the tackle box, outside, in the flat, open field, they gave the most dynamic weapon the ball a lot. Why is that so hard for Arthur Smith? To figure out, I do not know. But as a Falcon fan, I'm getting tired of him not knowing. I need some answers, period. So I'm at the point now where he got to figure this out, bro. He can go. Yeah. He can go tomorrow. Um, Wasn't there a game where Bijan just didn't play? Well, that's a whole other topic. Um, you know, he got sick, got Saturday night going to Sunday morning, didn't feel so great, I guess headaches, whatever. They did not report that. I'm not sure the NFL, the NFL has to investigate that. I don't know if they uh, find them as of yet. I do know that Kansas City Chiefs in a similar situation. Uh, Pastor Mahomes this week was not feeling well Saturday night going to Sunday morning. Uh, he has the flu. The Kansas City Chiefs reported that to the NFL and let them know ahead of time that, you know, um, he has the flu. And I guess it was questionable, may, not, may, or, may or may not play. Um, that's a real thing. So you got to let people know there's so much money going around uh, between um, betting partners, fans um, football. I mean, a lot of these things people laugh and scoff at, but these things drive revenue out and upside the wazoo for the NFL. These are real things. Um, and it has to be, you know, just let people know. But like I said, that's, that's too much to ask for Arthur Smith. He's just above it all. 
I'll let you know when I want to let you know to DeMarcus Smith. Right. Exactly. I'm done with this cat. Now, the the one shining light of this team, something I never thought, never thought, I, well, not never, something that I didn't think I would say for a long time, something I hadn't said in a long time, something that I, I didn't think I would say in a long time. For once, the defense is not the problem. The defense is the the only reason why we still here. Uh, well, not yesterday. Yeah. Well, I mean, not yesterday. Honestly, the great Will Levis after looking like John Elway in his prime. There was some. There was some. Some. There was some questionable stuff out there happening yesterday. Like a lot. I saw a, a lot. lot of jersey pulls where I didn't see any holding calls, and I'm like, wait, okay. I know they're about to call this, right? No. Oh. Oh, okay. They just let. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. I saw. I saw Richie Grant get beat deep. I saw Jesse Bates get beat deep. Uh, AJ Terrell probably OPI on Hopkins, but nevertheless, I mean, bro, fight. It's the NFL, bro. Come on now, it's one on one. If you ain't fighting, he's going to catch that ball. Is DeAndre Hopkins? Exactly. Exactly. Like, um, yeah, I had a, I had a problem with the calls, man. Like, um, look at that third down call, that last touchdown. It was basically like a jailbreak blitz. I'm going to go get uh, Levis, mm-hmm. and they couldn't get back there. And he backpedaled five yards, threw it over the head of safety, right into the uh, hands of the receiver. And it's the receiver versus safety, right? There was no cornerback out there on that particular receiver. But tell me, that's, what are y'all playing? Y'all used to play nickel out there or something. Why that safety covering that receiver? I have no idea. But it was a mismatch. And the Titans, who are well-coached, every mismatch yesterday and um it was a problem the, and it really happened when grady jared went out the game so yeah. we got to address that that elephant in the room yeah. grady jared has been our best uh defensive lineman our best pass rusher for at least the last six seven years and uh, they finally got him some, some defensive help for the first time um in a long time maybe ever and um he went out yesterday pass rust pressure was not the same when he left and um, got the news earlier today that he's out for the season with a torn ACL, yeah. which is horrible. Yeah, um, there's, there's no replacing him, unfortunately. The Falcons did make a trade um, about six hours ago. Um, I forgot who they, they got your boy, somebody from the Eagles. Uh, I looked that up. Um, but they did a trade. They got a defensive tackle, defensive end from the Eagles to kind of replace Grady. They're still in conversations with uh, Washington for Montez Sweat. Uh, so we'll see. They're maybe to bring him in tomorrow before the trade deadline is is out. I think it's at 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kentavia Street, that's what I was going to say. Falcons acquired Kentavia Street today uh, from the Eagles. Things like a seventh-round, six-pick swap. So Kentavia Street, welcome to, to the clan. Welcome to the Falcons. Hope you don't. Uh, <laughs> make you gray hairs that we gave Grady Jarrett gray hairs. So, um, welcome to the fold, welcome to the flop, or give um, me give gray hairs like that. I'll give me gray hairs, shoot, yeah, man. But I mean, I mean, this team is four and four, it probably should be six and two, seven and one. If we're being honest, yeah, the quarterback has imploded in three different games the Jaguar game, yep, the Washington game, yep, and then yesterday, the Tennessee Titans game. If we just get basic. Quarterback play those games, good chance we win. Um, but we didn't, and that's part of it. Now, this is your guy. This is a guy you tied your, your career to. 
your your final career you're, you're shipped to. You gotta figure it out on this man. Like you're the genius that you tell everybody you are, you walk around with this money, this is ego, I need you to figure this out. Period. And you would think that he would want to figure that out. You would think that he would realize, hey, I'm married to this dude, so we need to get this figured out. We need to work this out. Like either we need to work this out or y'all need to get him out of here. Cause I'm not about to stake my reputation on this guy. So and this, is what, and this is what I don't understand, man. Like, this is not college anymore, man. It's not high school. Why, why are we calling everybody? Like, can you play or can you not play? Right. This, this, this is professional football. Up yeah. here, you have to be able to play. Yeah. You gotta be able to play. If you can't play, you can't see the field. Right. And and, Period. and again, like you said, this is the pros. So you know, uh, how many times I gotta say it? That's what the money is for. You can't play. <laughs> guess what? Collect your check and get the hell on. Like, hey, we need to. I gotta eat some of this, so I'll give you that that full signing bonus. But you got to bounce. You can't stay here. I got other people who can play. I need to get them in the game. You can't stay here. You ain't got to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here. I don't have time for this. At all. I don't have time. Like, man, back. Yeah. Goodness gracious. There was a time when people were afraid that they'd get fired. So they were out here actually doing some stuff. But, man. Like I said, your boy's a beard and a waiter, man. He ain't afraid of nothing. Apparently not. God, I, I, I really think now, as, as the weeks and days go by, that's really our problem. I'm starting to really think that his arrogance, his mother's, him doing anything, he, 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 there's no hot seat for him. He doesn't feel it. He's above it all. And it hurts us because – we're true Falcons fans. We've been Falcons fans for all the spins that he won coach football. We'll be Falcons fans after all the script is gone. And we just want him to take care of our team right. the way it's supposed to be taken care of. But he's not doing that. No. Hell no. All right. Well. <laughs> well, maybe the, the Taylor Heineke uh, era starts uh, tomorrow. So we'll see. But we'll, we'll have to bring it back have a discussion on this, man. But. Let me ask you a question. Before we get off this, man, what, what is where do you think we go from here? Like, what, what, where do you think is our ceiling? What happens um, if Tana Heineke is the, is the quarterback or we stick with Desmond Ritter? What do you think is going to happen? Well, I think that eventually we do go to Taylor Heineke, but I don't, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know what. I don't know what Taylor Heineke ceiling is, right? Like, what is his ceiling? Is it, um, I don't know, uh, Josh Dobbs? You know what I mean? Like, what is, what is his ceiling? Like, I don't, right. I, I, I never understood the Taylor Heineke thing. Um, I didn't understand him signing here in the first place. And, you know, I know he's a hometown kid. Good for him. And, you know, him going into training camp and then they were talking about, oh, it's a battle between him and Ritter. And I'm like, how, how is that possible? Like, how, how do we not draft another quarterback if it's a, there's a competition between the guy we drafted to po- supposedly the quarterback of the future and a guy who couldn't even make it in Washington? <laughs> like, somebody tell me what the hell is going on here. So yeah, I, I, I don't think, know. I don't know what his ceiling is. Yeah, I, I think he, he's better than Desiree right now today. I think he's just uh, the consummate stopgap quarterback. 
Um, somebody you can't start for a whole year if need be while you search for your quarterback of the future. And if I'm the general manager uh, right now, I am I am scouting quarterbacks in college football this Saturday. I am out of my office. I told the wife and kids I'll see them in a week, and I'm flying all over the country. I'm going to see Shador in Colorado. I'm going to see Caleb Williams at USC. Drake May and UNC, I'm all over the globe. Let me let me let me let me stop you. Let me stop you right there. Let me stop you yeah. right there. Let me stop you right there. <laughs> if the GM has not scouted quarterbacks by now, then he needs to go to because this is I don't know if there's I don't I don't know if there's a thing such as like sports fan malpractice, but this is sports fan malpractice. If you as the GM of this team do not know if this quarterback is ready, if you at least do not say, hey, okay, two years ago we spent the third rounder on a quarterback. I at least need to bring in. I need to figure out a way to bring in somebody who's, who's you know who I need to I need to find the Will Levis in this draft, right? I need to find a guy who somehow is going to drop, but he's a first and you round. Could have had grade. him, by the way. Yes, you of could course. have had him. Of I'm course, you could have had him. Right, uh, I'll, but I'll put it out there. But you know, somebody who's a first round grade, but who might drop for one reason or another. If that is if if that is not at least your plan. And I mean that's that's got to be like man, you know what man? I mean, oh, everything's got to fall fall all the way down so I can get this guy. If that is not at least your plan, like like your backup to the backup plan because your main plan should be to just go for the gusto, make a big swing and get a quarterback. So if that's not your plan, then you need to be fired too. And and that is all I've got listen, to say. Listen, let me, tell you, let me tell you where we're at, really. Let me tell you where we're at, really, with the Falcons team, right? We're at the point because you failed to address quarterback for three years. Three years in a row, while you've been here, you drafted a third-round rookie. And the only reason you drafted a third-round rookie because you tried to find light in the bottle like Seattle did with Russell Wilson 10 years ago. That's the only reason you took Desmond in round three and decided that he should start this year because of Russell Wilson. Let that be a fact. That's the only reason you did it. If Russell Wilson does not exist, Desiree does not get drafted. It's not start for the quarter, start quarter for the Falcons this season. So you you expected lightning strike twice in the third round, like it did for them. When I was just a once in a lifetime type thing. But okay, you did that. It fell unexpectedly. So let's move on. What you have to do now, because you put yourself in this position, is you have to trade up for a quarterback. Because more than likely, you're going to be at the top ten with draft picks, um, and so it's going to take. Two, three first-rounders to get up and get a guy. <clears throat> and personally, I don't want just a guy. Go get the guy. Like, we should be sitting here going through years of Marcus Mariota and Desmond Riller and Taylor Heineke. Why are we going through this? No one said we had to. No one's, was, no one's going to sign Marcus Mariota last year. Nobody. That's Arthur Smith. No one was – Going to start Desmond Ritter? That's all just to Terry Fontenot. Taylor Heineke? Okay. Quarterback, backup, things happen. He comes to the game, that's fine. 
but find the guy. It's time to start mess, stop messing around. Three first-round picks, if that's what it takes to get up to the top three, top two to get a quarterback, do it because you're a quarterback away. You get this team uh, a real quarterback, a real quarterback. What's the C.J. Stroud down there in Houston? Could yep. you imagine what this team would look like with C.J. Stroud? Could no. you imagine? No, I can't. I can't. It, um, you get um, a franchise quarterback, it changes the trajectory of everything. everything. Look at Kansas City. Look at Kansas City in the last six years. Once they got their quarterback, everything changed. Everything took off, and they've been the team to beat for the last six years. They've been in five straight AFC championships, and they won two Super Bowls because they found that dude at quarterback. Now, you may be able to find a Patrick Holmes. That's, that's once in a lifetime. Right. But the Josh Allens, the Lamar Jacksons, they've all been there. They've all fallen in drafts. The Will Levises, whoever, they've all – been there. You can find these guys. Justin Herbert was top five. Get inside the top three, pick your quarterback, and let's go. Stop playing around. Terry Fontenot, I'm talking to you. Stop playing around. And his name is Terry. Why, wait, why you got my list? Why, why, you, why are you listening? Who's running the organization? You, Arthur Smith. Are you the GM? Or are you just like, you know what I'm saying, just the face of the GM seat? I need you to make some moves. And I need you to Art Smith, no, we're doing this, or we're doing this, because he's not getting the job done. Somebody got to step up. But Mark Knight said, no, off the plate, man, heads are rolling. Somebody's got to go. Figure exactly. it out. Get a quarterback. Exactly. Figure it the hell out. All right. Well, on that note, we have spent a lot of time on these Falcons, so we will address the Hawks a little bit later on on our next show. But- they did win tonight. They, they did win, win tonight, job, right. right? They did win tonight, so they are uh, two and one. So hey, or two and two? Are they two and two? Are they one and two? No, because they won. They they actually beat Milwaukee. They did beat Milwaukee. You're right. You're right. They did beat Milwaukee. Yeah, so I think they're right. two and one. I think. Let me let me check just to be sure. Come on, stupid app. There we go. Uh, standings. Okay, let's see. Either two and one or two, two and two. two. It's two and two. They're two and two. Okay, okay. Hey, right. I'll take five hundred, baby. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I will you're, take. You're already it. on the Falcons level. Good job. Good job. <laughs> but that's not the level you want to be on. Trust us. <laughs> no, not at all. We expect better. Yes. All right, but hey. every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.